This is Jonathan Hickman, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> boy. I think that may be your best woohoo of the season. Stop. No, I'm not kidding. It was precise. Sur- surgical even. That's deep. And I know. It's what we try to do here. It's true. I try to go deep, but you know, I, I can only go so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't have the reach. Better go with your knuckle. I use my knee. Nice! It's like putting on a boot. <laughs> as long as it's still nice and snug, it's all that matters. Hey, you know, I don't hear any complaints <laughs> from those those boot people. <laughs> Must be an Italian thing because you know the boot and all that. Yes, well, I come from that little island off the side of the boot anyway. It's like the boot's kicking us. It's almost like it's a metaphor for life. Yes, sometimes you're the island, sometimes you're the boot. Right. Uh, starting off in fine form. Fine hey, form. Very fine. Hey, everybody. What? I know you're all surprised, but that's what we wanted. It's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 580. Yum. Yow, yow. And I am Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B. And as obviously, since you see, we've gone off to fine form because our threesome is only a twosome tonight. I being the second one. David A. Price. Yes, Jason is just brimming with the holiday spirit, so much so that he refused to be here with us on this, the uh, episode before Christmas. No, I think he's yep. doing a one-man play of uh, Elf for the Smoke Rive Country Club. <laughs> you know, I'm singing, I'm in a store and I'm singing. Is very funny when Buddy does it, but when... Average people do it. It's not so funny. Oh, yes. No. no. There was a couple people who came in the, the store today, and they were obviously on some kind of a scavenger hunt because they were dressed ridiculously. And they had a list, and they were going around crossing things off. And I guess one of the things on their list was to do what Buddy did and be in a store and sing. And they all just stopped and said, we're singing. We're in, and and it people were just looking at them and it was not funny because they weren't buddy, right? Yes, there's only one buddy. It's true. Ah oh, man. And did you hear he refused a sequel? They wanted to make an elf sequel, and he said no way. Why would they want to no. sequel? It's perfect the way it is. That makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. But you know what does make sense? The best way to spread Christmas cheer is when singing loud. For all to hear. And getting your comic books very cheap. Oh! Yes. Of course. At Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get all the funny books you want. You can fill your entire home with funny books for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. Such as, this is probably... No, we have one more episode, right? Before the turn of the screw? Yes, because it's yes. our book of the month. Yes, this is not the last time you are going to hear this. So, Echo, Echo, uh, from Antarctic... It is exciting comics, number one. And regardless of Jason's opinion on this thing, you should get it because for the first time in over 70 years, exciting comics returns to stores featuring 
classic public domain characters such as the Black Terror, my love, and the Heap, another big love of mine, and a host of new original heroes. The thing is called the Superverse. Mm, They don't get points for originality, but I think it's going to be a good deal because not only is it exciting comics, it's right in the title, uh, it's a $1.99 cover price. And that means with your discount of 45%, you can bring this book home for a dollar nine. Zero risk. The, you don't need a safety net with this thing. It's a dollar nine. Just buy it. And there's a, a Dark Knight Returns pastiche cover featuring Black Terror. You need to see it. I don't know if you did that, but it's, it's good. But it's, it's extra bucks, so I didn't order that. Like, I just went for the basic issue. Um, from Black Mask, hello. Nobody is in control, number one of four, from Patrick Kindlin and Paul Tucker. The uh, the rub goes, when Richard sees a man run through his yard, he follows him out of concern. This deep in the woods, he must be lost, ellipsis, must be in trouble, but soon it's Richard in peril as the stranger drags him into a deep, twisted web of conspiracy going back hundreds of years. Three ninety nine cover price. Your price one ninety nine. Black Mask must have a lot of confidence in this book because they featured two double page spreads in the previews, and I liked very much what I saw, so I ordered this. Last but not least, big hype. I'm sure this is going to come up somewhere on the eleven o'clockers. It's uh, Jody Lehoop, Nathan Fox, Weatherman trade paperback volume one. It collects Weatherman 1 to 6, $17.99, printed on the cover, but you don't ever pay what's printed on the cover at DCBService.com. You get this for $8.99. Don't be stupid. Go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, and get all your books cheap. It's so simple. Right? It is. It is. It's it's the uh, uh, freaks are moving the deck chairs upstairs. Oy. Well, then maybe maybe they're cleaning. No, couldn't be that. <laughs> Why would they want to do that? Know. Save it for daddy. Um, sorry for that's rough. Yeah, it is rough. Nobody knows the trouble I see. Oh, but you know what I'm drinking for you. Oh, I didn't really make a special trip because I had to go. No, this is just for me. It is just for you because I didn't have to buy it. That's why you didn't make a special trip. I didn't. Ma- no, I didn't make a special trip to the wine store because I did need to buy wine for tomorrow night because we have Christmas Eve at our house. So I bought, uh-huh. I bought a Carlo Rossi big old jug of Cabernet Sauvignon for the oh. plebes just to keep them happy, you know. <laughs> and I bought for myself a uh, Magnum. Of barefoot Merlot. Okay. Yeah, it How says it? it says it's a 2016 Wine Lovers International Wine Judging Gold Label Medal winner thing. I like it. I think I'm swinging towards the Merlot over the Cabernet. I don't know. We'll see. I may just be. I just may just be in a mood. No, I love cabs. I just. I know. It's just this is the the snap. I like it. It's it's yeah. No, you're you're right. There there are definitely times where um, below is is fitting. Um, All time. I did see your yellowtail yesterday when I was yeah. Out. Um, 
what they tried a uh, tried a new Chinese takeaway last night right next door because um, my wife needed some rum. She she wasn't feeling well and she's having trouble breathing. So I gave her some whiskey before I went out. Uh, that seemed to have helped a little bit, but she wanted some rum. So when I went to go pick up dinner, found a liquor store right next door. So I got her some uh, Captain Morgan. But when I walked in, I saw the yellowtail free that 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 you had, and they had some fancy looking yellowtail bottles also. Yeah, there's like a budget uh, yellowtail, and then there's a little bit better yellowtail. Right. I mean, none of it's real expensive. No. Uh, yeah. and neither is the bottle that I ended up leaving with, which was from uh, 2010 vintage. Uh, Dennis Martin winemaker. This is Fetzer Crimson winemaker's favorite red blend, and I just Ooh. love the name Fetzer Crimson. Yes. Hello. Uh, it Fetzer is, Crimson uh, here. <laughs> it's the the label is a very large red tree um, with Fetzer Crimson written across it uh made in california it's a red wine it's not too bad it's got um it says it's got the best the balances of the best syrah zinfandel cabernet and petite syrah into a pronounced oak profile with toasty aromatic components what's petite syrah mean little man is that a little (laughs) little man maybe maybe the grapes are smaller i don't know i don't know anyway um but it's 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 not too bad. I mean, you know, for the few bucks it cost, it. Uh, I mean, I showed you guys what the liquor store also carried. I sent that to you in the uh, in the Slack. I avoided the Mad Dog Twenty Twenty and the Cisco in their various flavors. But um, it uh, definitely it it was it was the it was the kind it was the type of liquor store that's on the wrong side of the tracks. If you know what I mean? But um, they got the hurricanes in the window. I made. I yeah. oh oh yeah no they got yeah it's you know pay them through the paying through the glass, everything like that. Um, Oof. It was... Uh, Did you get chicken but, while you were there? Didn't, no. we, didn't we have to pay through the glass at that yes, yes, chicken place? Yes, Harold's Chicken Shack. Yeah. Bro. Get yourself some gizzards. Uh, the, um, which we should hit that up on C2E2. Oh, but yes. We, so yeah, so that is what I'm sipping on tonight. I know I said I would drink the Coquito that... The dildonator gave me for the holidays. Um, unfortunately, due to a recent passing, I have kind of been filling up on desserts, and I really did not want a thick, um, heavy beverage for mm-hmm. while 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 talking tonight. So, gotcha, I gotcha. Is but that, the- that that coquito will definitely be drunk, drank, drink it consumed yes is the fletcher whatever um the name fetzer crimson fetzer crimson have you seen my alpaca is it is it what color are the letters on the tree uh white ish because is there red well the tree is red every other text the 2010 vintage the dennis martin the winemaker's favorite the handcrafted red wine everything else is in red the tree is in red it's just the fetzer crimson along the branches and the leaves that's all in white. Well, that makes sense. That's probably visually striking, but it I'm, is. I'm thinking some kind of a murder. That's kind of cool. I uh, I will I will send you a photo. Unless it's not jaggy. If it's all smooth and stuff, then there's no murder going on. Or maybe. I but will. It, anyway. Yeah, send me that. 
Uh, so, do you have any thank yous before we start swimming around? Um, I have thank yous for some holiday cards that were sent. Um, I won't name names because I, I don't I don't have the cards in front of me. They're already hung up downstairs, so I don't want to. Um, right. Uh, but um, and apologies because thanks to the move and and still trying to find things in boxes, I sucked this year at getting cards out. So I really promise to to hopefully get some out to. Uh, friends and families and, and loved ones and in between um, yes. next year. But uh, I did receive, I did not open it. I have a feeling uh, I know what it is based on how the, the, the package feels, but this is from a Mr. Cameron Hathaway. So thank you in advance. But this and the present from John O'Neill, uh, I will open up Tuesday morning. Oh, boy. Um, I don't want to, that's it's, not. Hey, that's your. Up. They're your packages, dude. You do what you I want. I didn't with get them. any. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I'll just. I'll. I'll. I'll that's the spirit. I'll just. You know. They're. They're. They're wrapped. And since they're for Christmas, I will open them on Christmas, that unless I was told. No, otherwise. it makes sense. I have. I do not have that kind of restraint. If there's a, if there's a naked lady in the next room and I know it, I'm looking. Well, in. that's right. But that's you know. I, I have I, no self control. Zero. This we know. Yep. Me, what about you? What about me? Thank yous? Yes. Um, no, it doesn't look like it. No. Sometimes we get mail on Sundays, but I didn't get anything today. Like during the holidays. Like, uh, yes. we, we, we sometimes do, but nothing came today. Wah, wah, wah. You're still loved. I sure am. So, David, because Jason wasn't scheduled to be on this episode we thought all right what are we going to fill those long segments where jason repeats the same thing over and over Uh, jason talks about what we already talked about yes how are we going to um fill that void so what david did is he jumped on the uh official 11 o'clock comics slack patron channel and he said yo brothers and sisters uh Vince and I are doing an episode. Jason's not going to be around. Why don't you throw some questions on our way so we can pepper the conversation with something other than what we're talking about? Make it lively, so to speak. And they did. They uh, they threw down pretty hard. Yeah, some interesting questions. Yep. Um, the one I like the best, and let's get the negative out of the way first, but um, what was the one... This, the series that really disappointed us? Yeah. Uh, Ian Spillane asked, uh, what is the biggest disappointment you've had? You read all the hype, all the interviews, saw the preview art, and then when you had the book in your hand, it was a big old whiff with a mm. case of the shrugs. Yes. And I debated whether or not to get some insight into the questions before we went in. I like to, I like surprises, right? I do too. I do too. But um, in this case, I'm kind of glad that I did because for this question, this one was very easy for me, but there were other ones. I'm glad I I had four knowledge uh, going in, but this one, I mean, answer first. Yes. It's very easy. The number one series that comes springs to mind when you say, Biggest disappointment, Commandy Challenge. 
Oh, the recent one. Yes. Yes. So stoked for that. Um, when we heard the list of people, Kevin Eastman, uh, Tom King, uh, Simonson, like it, it was a no-brainer that this series would, and it's commandy, like, wow, how could I not love it? And it was, uh, aside from one or two issues, it was 12 issues of poop. Yeah. No, I, you know what? I was trying to go even further back, but that is, that is an awesome one. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I, I and even the good issues were just like, you know, you're good in relation to the the other issues in the series. But is this really a good issue? I don't know. And just the whole contrived DC challenge thing where they had to get Commandy out of what the other guys did before. That was semi-exciting. But then reading the what would you have done on the last page, it just it, – it was very lackluster for me. I, yeah. No, I – I I I would definitely co-sign that. Um, oh shoot! For me, um, there were definitely. Um, yeah, see, I was trying not to think of. I, 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 automatically, my mind goes to events, and um, because usually, you know, the summer blockbusters, the whole. Um, aspect of of being knocked on your ass by 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 these big earth shattering events and um i stopped expecting it right right and i think i did that following civil war because i, I it, it, saying if if saying secret invasion or even dark rain that's that that's own. i mean why would you even why would you hype yourself up for that so that shouldn't even be in contention um Oh, see, I. This is this may be the last episode of Love It O'Clock Comics. I doubt be- it. Oh, only because I think I may have. It would. <laughs> it would probably be the one that I can think of. Um, well, the one that comes to mind as as because reading it, you know, expecting it when it was coming out. Was probably Dark Knight Strikes Again. I yeah, I know you don't like that. I and and my love of the first one, um, and because you know it's it's but again, but that's that that's not based on. I'll say that's not based on the work itself because obviously I have people very near and dear to me who adore that series, and y'all aren't wrong. So. It was my expectations and what I was looking forward to. And, you know, what what really sticks in my grow though, is when someone says, well, that this was this was his middle finger to the fans. Well, motherfucker, I'm a fan. I don't it's like, why would you? But it it was also Uh, a middle finger to expectations, which were so heavily heaped on Frank to follow up one of the greatest comic book stories of all time. It was impossible to do. Sure. So, so what he did was he switched gears and he gave you something totally unlike the original. That's that's what I mean. He's not saying f you for buying my books. He's saying f you to to your expectations of what he should do because he's Frank, right? But see, but but it that, was it was an unwinnable. He couldn't climb that mountain. He there was no way he would successfully climb that mountain. That's it, true. I don't disagree with that. I and it's. 
I guess, and and obviously we've 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 beaten this horse, we've driven this down this road many times. But it, if if you're if if I'm if I'm going to this isn't this isn't someone who wants to who commissions someone for a painting, and then the painter decides to paint with feces and right and 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 it's like well that's not that's not well this is what the artist felt like painting and no and that's not what, what you ordered getting. but if if i'm if you're telling me that this is going to be the sequel to one of the best batman stories ever by the guy who gave you mm-hmm. two of the best batman stories of all time and 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 it's based on that world that that that, that we last visited and you think you're going to get a continuation of that story. I'm not asking for the same story told again. I'm as I'm asking for a continuation of it. I'm I'm thinking I'm going to I'm going to revisit this place and we're going to see what's happened in the years since and maybe maybe it might look like it did years ago. Um and it didn't. And and you know, luckily we only got three issues of it, but it's still exercised. They were. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you definitely got your money's worth. And and it's not you know, you, you can look at the whole thing in its entirety and, and there it is and this is what you have. But um if you look I, at the progression of, of of this series, the first one was Frank and Klaus and Lynn. Yep. But it was mostly Frank. Right, he yep. was the mastermind. He wrote the story. He did all of the visuals, save the the embellishing and the color work, which is a large part. But don't get me wrong. But the layout was all Frank. Everything was Frank. In the, he realized for the second one that again, I'm not going to win. There's there's going to be no pleasing these people. So I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want to do, and that's what he did. And again, you 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 said it perfectly. It's it doesn't look anything like the original. In it's it's unlike it in tone. It's unlike it in in concept. I mean, it's a Justice League book. It's really not a Batman. That's book. That's true. You're right. Yep. Right. And look what he did for DK three. That's and he, it, he did it with someone else. So all along the chain, he's been absolving himself of any kind of um, grief for not giving you another chapter in the ongoing dark knight returns saga because he he knows it's it's impossible it's done that book is finished it's in stone it has and, such high regard that it, you're never ever going to even come close to it so why freaking try and that said my beef is not at all with frank because even when they announced the master race and they said it's going to be Drawn by Kubert, and you're going to get backup stories. Yeah. And it's going to be written by Brian Azzarello with Frank. This is this is me blaming DC because all they're doing is saying, hey, remember that book that came out in the mid-80s? Well, if you like that, then – and it's like all you're doing is just you're, you're, you're making the people who enjoyed something. Most – some of the people. I won't say everybody. I'm not speaking for everybody. You're making some of us who are fond of that story. You're just you're 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 using that to entice us for something that isn't going to be anything like what we enjoyed. It isn't going to be anything close to it. So yeah, my my when usually I'm let down, 
it's not at all by the creators. I'm not, um, you know, we've we've talked about Infinite Crisis and and how when that ended up, what when that series wrapped, um, I felt it was a bit of a whiff in places, and it, it's it, Jeff Johns wrote it, but um, you know you put your name on it because if you're going to praise Jeff Johns for writing, you know the Sinestro Core War and other things you've enjoyed then you know you got to take the good and the bad but sure in this case when it comes to something when it comes to promotion when it comes to reading the hype which is in most cases from the publisher because they're they're either in-house interviews or catalog um, pamphlets or um through their through the publisher's websites um preview art you can see because that's what the publisher provides so it's not like it's it's not like the creators going around saying that, you know, I mean, yeah, we, we have Twitter and we have, we obviously have, you know, Tom King will post panels from upcoming Batman stories and, and you have, you have writers, you know, they'll, they'll tease us with things and that's fine. That's a tease, but it's not like, it's, it's not, it's not like the, the secret invasion sketchbook that, you know, you pick up when you pick up your comics and here are some, you know, rough layout pages of what's going to be coming out in the first issue and things like that. So everything, when I, when I'm let down, I nine times out of 10, it's because the publisher set it up where I was really looking forward to something and they couldn't deliver. Mm. Buddha say, minimize your expectations to maximize your enjoyment. Oh no, no, I do now. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't, I I mean, this is, we're talking about like I I'm a biggest I'm a big hypocrite too because the the very same feelings you have for Dark Knight Returns and DK2 Dark Knight Strikes right again um back I feel the same way with Alien 3 that that oh, movie, that movie yeah. is painful that right is, we talk yeah. about this all the time <laughs> uh, and and you have a um a horror film a tinged with sci-fi then you have a straight out sci-fi action film neither of which are any way alike you know the aliens is a very different movie from alien yep you know the approach it's just one's noir uh, horror sci-fi with a little bit of sci-fi and the other one is just straight out balls to the wall action right but they work in tandem and then you get this thing this th- alien it three crafts all over yeah. before it. But so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get up on the, uh, you know, I'm not going to hold the tablets and say, this is the way it is. Uh, no, I, I feel that too sometimes. But, and again, if you're talking Frank Miller, I've, I've never read a Frank Miller book. I didn't love. So, I mean, eh, what are you going to do? Right. Even, even the books that are deemed his worst and his most reprehensible. I, I just love them. So I, I'm not a very um, objective commentator right, when it yeah. comes to and, Frank which Miller. I think we we've established that. On, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, but with with Jason, it's it's Rob. With with me, it's Casado or hell, even Wagner. It's we, you. We know it's Frank. So it's yeah. We all have we all have those those creators where it's like we're not going to hear anybody talk smack about them. It won't just doesn't compute, but Mm -hmm. there are time there. I think there are some creators where we kind of just have to 
we enjoy what they give us regardless of what they give us. Yeah. So I'm I'm absolutely I have no problem with that. I I can look at some creators objectively, and 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 in some cases that's not even the creator I'm looking at objectively. I'm looking at the way the creator is handling a character that I cherish. You know, just to back you up, I don't think Matt Wagner has ever made a misstep. That's I know I I threw him out there just you know as if, yeah I can't uh, I mean but, there's nothing in my memory that I remember uh, of, of I mean, Wagner Trinity I yeah. enjoy, I mean it no was, Trinity's it was, really good I, I enjoyed that it's yeah. like it's basically the, the the Trinity's first meeting and I mean that was but um, certainly not anything related to the Grendel universe I don't I've, he's never written a bad Grendel story no. and and Mage I I enjoy. Yep. You know, we flip and flop. You love the mage better than the Grendel. I love the Grendel way better than the mage. You but do. I do. But like the aerialist, like the demon, everything I've ever, um, Sandman, Mystery Theater, every, oh, that, yeah, everything that, that, that Matt has written and and drawn for the most part, like I just love it all. There's another one of them guys. All right. We'll come back to questions. We good on, on the question, the first one? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So what did, what did you read? Dude, I uh since I last spoke to y'all a couple days ago, um I was trying to I put the TKO books down so I could try to get through the terrifics. Mm-hmm. Um so I finished issue eight, I read issue nine, and then I started reading the annual. But then I stopped reading the annual so I could go to issue ten, because issue ten picks up right after nine leaves off. But then it was a footnote, an editor's note, referencing the annual. So I went back to the annual. So I didn't finish. I'm not caught up on the terrifics. Yeah, same. Um, same. And now, now I think where I'm does going, the annual fall between nine and ten? That's what. That's when it came out. Because when you get to ten, there's a scene where uh, Tom Strong mentions a character that appeared earlier in the terrifics. I think in like the second or third arc, and. Um, they were asked, uh, and and Plastic Man was like, "You know him." And the footnote, the editor's note said, um, "You'd know that if you read ah. the Terrific Annual Number One." So, but it's not in the first. It doesn't look like, however, Tom knows this character. It doesn't seem to be in the first two stories of the annual. So, I don't think you really needed to read the annual to continue reading the main ongoing. And Lemire doesn't write. Jeff does not write. Doesn't look like he writes any of the stories in the annual. So, I really shouldn't have stop to read the annual but um based on what i've read so far having not finished issue 10 yet i'm not sure how i feel about this twist that was revealed at the end of issue nine okay well, so, I think, um, I think i'm on seven wow okay yeah all right what's this so you the, just started the, the tom the, strong story the shiny cover was that's that that's nine okay well then i didn't get to that one yet okay yeah but you did you see Tom Strong and Mr. Terrific wrapped up in a tree? Not yet. Okay. So, all right. Yes, yeah, so you're probably on seven. But now I think I'm going to have to pause the Terrifics so I can just get to and through uh, Selena's big score for Wednesday night for our book of the month. Because um, of the three of us, I have never read that story. It's so good. I know. It looks so good. However, and this isn't this won't affect my enjoyment of the story, but I will say, um, and I wish I could find my collection, my trade of the actual story, but in Batman ego and other tales by Darwin cook, 
Um, it looks as though Selena's big score was blown up a bit to fit on the page to match the height of the rest of the stories in that book because the line is thick, the text, the font, the the the, the word balloons are um, not so smooth. So it looks like things might have been blown up a bit to hmm. accommodate the page size in the in the hardcover. But it's no bueno. Right. Again, I mean, it's readable, and and I could see you know Selena hopping across rooftops. So um, it's fine. It's just it 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 stands out a bit compared to the other stories that this hardcover collects. Um, but it looks like a really cool story. I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah. So so to answer your question, I've not. Um, read a whole lot between the past couple days over the past couple days same well it is the holiday season and that's true too there are things to do and we are doing three in the in this in the scope of in less than a week yeah less than thursday sunday yeah yeah no i am on vacation i'm i'm spending um you know wife and i are hanging out and and uh exploring the neighborhood and and things like that so it's it's been a little crazy also well, I have something. Oh, do tell. I do. This is from the fine folks at Alterna Comics. Okay. Yes, it is the first collected edition I've read from Alterna. This book came out, I believe it was a three-issue miniseries. Um, let's see. <laughs> da, da, da. Uh, it doesn't, I don't think it says... But anyway, it's it's only ninety some pages, and then you get the uh, you get covers and and preliminary sketches and some um, homage uh, or, or inspired drawings inspired by this book. Um, it was written by Cody Sousa, with art by Francesco Yaquinta. Colorist is Chris O'Halloran. And the book in question is called Croak. Hmm. Have, you, have you ever seen this? I have not. It's a unabashed love letter to all of the bad, bad horror movies that came out in the 80s and the early 90s. This Croak, okay. Croak could be a trauma movie. There's no tits in it, so scratch that. Um... Croak, it, it plays out like something from AIP or some of the many films that we all went to see on a Saturday afternoon during the uh, the hay, the horror heyday of the uh, you know late eighties, early nineties. The the premise you've you've heard this before. The, the the in a nutshell, you have three teens: Aubrey, Nick, and Tim. They're friends. And they go out into the woods on a camping trip. Teens plus woods equals uh-oh. And um, Aubrey has never gone camping. She's a kind of a thin-ish Betty Page type. She's got the bangs and the, the black, you know, bobbed hair. And, and it's um, she's attractive. Uh, t- uh, Nick and Tim are always... At each other's throats. The dialogue is very, it's, it's excruciatingly bendous, which means it's, it's, the dialogue's real. Dude, 
You've never gone camping? No. No, seriously. You've never gone camping? <laughs> no, I've never gone camping. Like, but those are the way, those are, yeah, those are the way conversations play out in the real world, yes. right? That they do. But when you look at them on the page, um, it, it kind of breaks that, that membrane between, um, the fiction and the reality. You know, it, there's a man writing this. So much so where he thought, maybe if I repeat this, it'll sound more like real life. And it does sound more like real life, but that's when the red flag comes up for me. And I didn't dislike it, but it, it just was something that I took note of. But anyway, so um, Nick has a camera that he was allowed to take with him from one of his teachers. I, I'm I'm guessing Nick is a film student or at least has a class um, where uh, he has a project to do. Uh, concerning film so they're going into the woods and and they're they're bickering and blah 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 and uh they they park and they you know they get all their belongings to go into the, the woods and they they make the the trek slowly it takes a long time and it's starting to get dark but what they realize when they finally get to a suitable uh place to pitch their tent is that dumbass Nick left it in the car. So what do they do? Do they trek back to the car in the darkness and retrieve their tent? Or do they just make a go of it with the sleeping bags they have and just out in the, the, the darkness and the, the moonlight? Do they just, you know, rough it? And that's what they decide to do. They build a little fire and uh, as is customary in these situations, when you're um, with friends in a very scary uh, atmosphere, you tell what? You tell creepy stories. And Nick says, guess what? There's a little bit of a legend that comes with this forest. Um, I think the, the forest name is uh, Westcraft. And... Um, the uh, Nick was saying that, you know, my uncle told me that a bunch of kids just like us came out here and uh, <laughs> they uh, they came out with uh, with the intent of murdering one of their friends. And they they beat the shit out of the, the one friend and they, they hurt him real bad. But one by one, the, it was like the old 10 little Indians thing that none of the kids made it out of the... Uh, the woods and they're you know aubrey's like you know fuck you with your stupid stories and 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 um tim is the same and and um so aubrey hears something she hears a, a twig snap branch or twig and she goes into the the woods and she sees something and this stump something comes and it it, it runs after her and it it touches her and she takes a rock and she bashes this thing in the head many times. And it's all captured on um, the camera that she also conveniently dropped. And when she, when the, the adrenaline starts to dissipate, she, she looks and it's, it's their friend Colin. See, Colin was supposed to come with them to the woods, but couldn't for whatever reason. And the, the boys, at least Nick, knew that they set this whole thing up that they would scare Aubrey 
with their friend out of nowhere. Shades of uh, children shouldn't play with dead things, which is the best movie ever. But anyway, and uh, so Nick is is beaten really badly. And while they're talking, while they're wondering what the hell they should do, Nick's body is is taken. You see his feet, and then you see he's dragged into the bush. Like, what the hell? But um, luckily, Nick has the camera, and the battery's still good, so he's using the camera for light, but he's also recording, and he records the chilling uh, facial features of a creature. It looks like um, there's something about pupilless eyes that gets me. I love it. Oh, yeah. in, I love it in the man thing. I love it in the Mothman, um, and and this this bird like creature has these large red blazing eyes without pupils. It looks kind of like a cross between um, a mugwump from Naked Lunch and um, maybe a. I don't know, a roadrunner from hell. I mean, it, it has spines going down its forehead and back, and it's just, it's a, it's a creepy-ass creature. And Nick's like, what the hell? And then they find this grove, this swampy grove. And there was a swamp that played into the uh, the original story that his uncle told him. But then, And they're walking, and they find this swamp, and they're like, dude, did you, did you plan all this? And no, I didn't. I didn't plan it. And long story short... Um, Tim is taken by these creatures. And when these bird-like creatures appear, they croak. Hence the title of the book, Croak. Uh-huh. That's the sound they make. They go, croak, 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 croak. And, and they're, they're pulling at him and they're dragging him. And it doesn't really look like they kill him. It looks just like they take him. And so Aubrey and um, good old Nick are alone. And as... This happens in these type of things. Nick is taken next. And Aubrey witnesses the whole thing. And he, he's screaming. And the, these creatures are pulling him into the brush. And he's like, ah, help me. And you see the blazing eyes of these these uh, monsters. And Aubrey just, she just runs. I mean, what else would you do, right? You run when these you, you're surrounded by monsters. You you beat feet out of there. And and the, the, the story proceeds and... Uh, I'm not going to go too far into the ending. It, it's it's you have your your farmhouse nestled in the the middle of the woods, and and these creatures, and something happens, and it's very disturbing. Um, but it the story is intentionally vague, and um, we there are more questions at the end of this thing than um than answers in the book we we don't know really where these creatures came from what controls them what happened to the kids um none of it is 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 answered explicitly there's um you can you can draw a line from what happens to one of the kids because the sequentials are are um let's just say uh legible they're adequate you you can tell what's going on so i don't want to spill the beans but um and then there's a uh an afterword or a final scene where two other kids come into the uh the woods and they lo and behold they just happen to find 
in the bushes, they find um, the kid's camera. The battery's still good. It says low battery, but the battery's still operational. Um, but th it got me thinking that atmosphere is sometimes enough for me because the backgrounds in this thing are rendered beautifully brushy inky dark splotchy gritty backgrounds of trees and um and the monsters are very well designed but if if you are looking for um beginning middle and wrapped up tight in a bow that you can easily digest ending you're not going to get it with this there is a there's a finality to it but you don't know why you don't know what the process is that um to keep it vague enough to get somebody to pick this up there's a process at work in this book and you don't know who instigated it where it came from or why it's happening but it's really cool and like i said this book was 998 mature readers because there's a lot of cussing in it and um but it just played out like one of those old er oldish B movies that we all love that just creep you the frig out and um it could be a combination of bad or cheap film stock and terrible lighting. Like again, I, I always reference children shouldn't play with dead things because while it's a I think it's a well written movie, it's it's not a, a particularly well, I can't I can't say this. To me it's a great movie, but anybody watching this thing would be like, yeah, it wasn't bad, but why do you think it's the greatest film ever? Because the the film stock was super cheap that they used and the lighting was not all that great. Bless you. And the the final scene is filmed in such a way that is it it is it has never left my my mind. After the first time I saw it, it affected me to the point where I can detail every movement in that final scene perfectly in my mind. And why? Because of the the facts of life for a low-budget filmmaker, you know, not a lot of money, can't pay a lot of people, can't get the best equipment, so we got to get this cheap film and we got to get this Larry from down the street who says he's got a couple of lights in his garage we'll get him to light this thing it's, you know not the best technicians in the world and yet you produce this piece of art that has affected me for like 40 years that's what i'm saying sometimes for me it's the uh, a fleeting bit of aesthetics whether planned or not is is enough for me and that's why i thought this croak thing was was pretty damn entertaining because it scratched that 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 icky horror itch but again i have to i have to fess up there are not a lot of answers to this thing so if you're if you're the type of person that wants everything delivered to them on a on a platter and say hey here's don't have to wonder you don't have to postulate here's what really happened then don't read this book because you're not going to get much of that what you're going to get is a shit ton of atmosphere, some cool looking creatures, and it's going to blow about an hour of your time where you'd probably sit there picking your nose anyway. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I enjoyed it. I thought it was well worth my time. Love it. And the creatures, yeah, creatures are, are really cool. I would like to see a, 
um, maybe a resident of these creatures or somebody do a vinyl would be great. But I don't know how far uh, Altern is attempting to reach with their um, with their things. This needs um, merch or maybe even a movie. I think it would make a cool movie. It have you, it would have you scratching your head, but it'd be fun to look at. Yeah, yeah. Like anybody has out there has seen Mandy. Can you tell me exactly what's going on in Mandy? Oh, I still have to watch no, that. no, you can't. We can Why? guess because, like this book, not there's not a whole lot of answers in Mandy. No, I said I still need to watch that. You oh, right. yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's superbly made. Everything in the movie's connected. But again, if you want. To be told what things mean, Mandy is definitely not the movie for you. Yeah. I like this book, like Croak. So there you go. Croak, Alternative Croak. Comics. Yes. It's not going to cost you a lot. And, you, yeah. and you'll enjoy it. It's on much better paper than their single issues, by the way. Oh. Yes. It's not on newsprint. It's on, it's on thicker... Um, looks like it's got some kind of a clay coat on the on the paper. No, it's a it's a glossy paper. Yeah, not super glossy like DC uses, and not that thin either. It's a thicker, semi gloss paper. It's really well done too. I like it. Go get it. So you want to do another? You got something? You want to do another question? We can do another question. All right. So you pick. Um. Well, let's flip this next because after the next one because I have to find the post. But um, Frank has a question for each of us, one that you've said you've answered in the past. But for anybody who may not be familiar, um, you can do a quick and dirty answer. Vince, did comics inspire you to be an artist or did art lead you to comics? No, comics came first. Yep. My uncle and that... uh, that well-timed copy of Fantastic Four and the Jack Kirby, and it just... Um, it's all she wrote. It's all she wrote, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if... I mean, I'm sure there are people out there, but it would seem, well, definitely in my circle at least, but I, I would think that comics would probably lead to art. I'm not saying that, you know, if if, if some... Some grandmother or aunt sees their kid um, doodling and and drawing things that um, they wouldn't pick up some comic books and say, you know, you like drawing. You're people who draw. You might want to enjoy this story. But I would think more most times it would be the other way around. Yep. Yep. Uh, Frank Lanza asks me. Uh, you have memory like a steel trap. How do you remember so many details from all the books you've read? Do you reread books often? Man, I wish I had time to reread as many books as I would love to reread. There are some that I definitely make time to reread. Um, the Batman Grendel minis. Um, the I will be rereading the Mage Trilogy by the time the 15th issue ships in February. Um I thumb through. I, I mean, even when I'm, I do it when I'm putting patron packages together. I see a stack of books, or I see, you know, as I'm flipping through the back, as I'm 
flipping through the bins and I'm um, going through my short boxes and, and seeing what I can send to people. I'll, I'll see something that I may not have looked at in a while and, and sit for a minute and flip through it. But um, I think when it comes to, I think you, it may seem silly. I think people tend to remember um, things that are important to them. And for some reason or another, for a long time in the early part of my life, comics were important to me. So um, comics were also kind of the first things, the first media I looked at and realized that there were people involved in making this. So that's that's kind of how I also um, learned the different art styles and saw who, who did what. Um, it was easier for me to determine an artist style than it is a writer style. And as Vince just mentioned with Bendis's way of writing, um, you could definitely pick up things that, that writers do today. Um, then we'll reference, you know, this feels like a very Bendisy written book. Um, uh, but because I wanted, I did want to draw, um, and I would learn different, I, I would look at different styles and see who did what, um, and because I would follow certain characters, um, and I just have this knack for holding on to really useless, trivial information. And that's just one of those things where I'd rather, I'd rather know, you know, how many times Peter has not made it home in time for a date than um, Pythagorean's theorem. I don't, I, there are just certain things that I, I latched onto and, mm-hmm. and it just kind of, and, and it just wormed its way into my head. And I guess those are the things that mean more to me than someone's phone number, for example. Well said. Yeah. Doing, can I do one? Absolutely. All right. Let's see what we got here. Okay. Uh, oh, Flipper. You, you were going to do Flippers next anyway. Yeah, and I found the post, so go ahead. What are some of your favorite holiday comic book issues? Hmm. That's real easy for me. Yeah? Yeah. The, the only holiday-themed issues... Aside from regular ongoings, like um, I, I love the Amazing Spider-Man with Stegron and the Lizard that takes place around Christmas time. Remember? Was that a Ross Andrew issue? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a surprise. But I love the Marvel uh, superhero holiday grab bags, the big Treasury editions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I think. I think the first one reprints Marvel Team Up number one, where the torch writes in the sky, peace on earth, goodwill to men in, in flame, and, and Spidey mm-hmm. swinging away, and it says, Amen, brother, Amen, on the bottom. It, that's just, it's goofy, but it, it's Spidey, and Spidey was my everything back then. So, um, yeah, the, the superhero grab bags. I only think there was like, what, three of them? Two of them? Three? But those are my f- and and the DC Rudolph for some reason, 
the G- DC Giant Collector's Edition of Rudolph spoke to me. I don't know why. I can't say why. I don't even. I, I could try. I don't even know. It was just this massive Christmas thing, Rudolph, with the the cutout diorama on the back cover, <laughs> like they did. I I have no idea why, but my memory of of holiday themed issues that Rudolph is in there for some reason. I think there were two Rudolphs too. Wow. I only had one of them. The bluish cover. Yeah. Um Yeah, I never I never avoided holiday or Christmas stories. I mean, there's stories that um like you just mentioned take place maybe during Christmas and the holidays. Um there's an issue of Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, where they're Santa Claus with his Terminator sunglasses and a cigarette yes. sticking out of his mouth. And yes. <laughs> um, that uh, is from number 112, and it's um, written by Peter David, art by Mark Beecham, with an awesome, and that cover that I just mentioned is by uh, Kyle Baker, um, yep. where basically a Santa Claus is uh, a burglar. Um and there's a there's a um, Batman and the Outsiders story called uh, Who's Afraid of the Big Red S? And the cover I remember is Jim Aparo drawing a big ass Christmas tree, shiny ornament, and then the reflection of the ornament is Geo Force about to face off against Superman. Yes, I remember um, that now. And and as I'm remembering the story, it's almost topical uh, and timely because the um, the reason Superman and Geoforce are about to go at it is because Brian, Geoforce's alter ego, uh, his friend uh, is um, attempts suicide. He finds her uh, after she had swallowed a bunch of pills and uh, she attempts suicide because uh, her professor, she's a college student, um, basically was um, trying to take advantage of her, we'll say, in order to give her a scholarship. So, it's definitely, um, you know, I'll scratch your back if you reach around. So the um, this, of course, Brian has a very short temper, and um, he flies off the handle and literally flies off to confront this professor and basically wants to kill him. Um, and the uh, the Batman calls in Superman because in 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 this state. Batman, which is a telling because of what he eventually becomes, and uh, two shows that he really doesn't have a lot of faith in his team. He decides to call in Superman because he doesn't feel the Outsiders will be able to take on Geo Force in Geo Force's current state. Um, whereas eventually, Batman becomes the type of person who has a contingency plan and is ready to take out any member on any team he's on at the drop of a hat. Um, but here. Black Lightning, Metamorpho, Katana, and Halo can't take out Geoforce. Um, so Superman confronts Geoforce, tells him this isn't the way. Um, because when Geoforce gets to the professor, the professor, of course, denies everything. But Batman, being the great detective he is, um, finds other women. Um, this is proven to be something that uh, the professor has done in the past. Um, so 
the end, and again, it takes place during Christmas, and at the end of the story, uh, Brian goes to visit the niece in the hospital. Everybody spends a nice Christmas together, but it's um, it's it's a very um, you know you look at the cover and you think of the story at the time, and it was probably um, it may have been a little heavy for for a you know sixty cent off the rack comic at a um, at the stationery store, considering you know what the contents of the story, but um, now it's you'd probably shrug it off because you know well who you know what hero hadn't faced this before but that's really um again there have been other, other series like you said ongoings that you know they just happen to have a story that takes place during christmas because it's a day in the life but yeah i don't really recall too many stories where christmas was such a um yep. important theme or our heroes had to save christmas or anything like that I always wondered why in that Mark Beecham drawn Peter Parker issue that everybody's underwear was riding up the crack <laughs> right, of their ass. That, yeah, everybody's all bent over. It's like, why? Is, that's weird. That's a sexy <laughs> Santa. Am I supposed to I be don't, feeling this? I don't know. J. Jonah James with the thong guy. Wow. Uh, the other part of Flip's question, uh, completely unrelated to the first, he wants to know what are some of our thoughts uh, in regards to the discussion that was brought up by Jason in reference to local comic shops. And for anybody listening who isn't familiar with this thread, uh, who isn't on Facebook, is it in the Facebook group? Because you didn't answer the three questions yet. Um, Jason wants to talk. He, he brings up the direct market. And um, this basically started because in that same Slack channel with the patrons, um, I actually now can say after over 13 years i have a local comic shop fence look at you i is on the same street as the post office it's around the corner for me so it's um so i walked in and uh they were having a sale and um again it's it's a local first of all it's, it's a small local comic shop in westchester county i'm not expecting dcbs discounts there ain't no way in hell this dude is going to be able to offer what the Merklers can offer. So so we're just going to get that out of... It's not even an issue. So, um, But it is mostly a gaming shop. It's it's They've got tables set up for tournaments. They, they, they do um, tons of Magic the Gathering games. They have deck accessories. They have the whole thing set up. They, they, they have things running day and night. Um... So that seems to be their bread and butter. You have people going into the back rooms. You have people setting things up. So it's there's there's a whole lot of role playing games and and card games and the like. So the comics are there, but it's not necessarily a comic shop, which is fine. Um, since I am really happy with my community, with my neighborhood, with where I live, if I can give back in any way, shape, or form, I'd like to. So I'm thinking about going and picking up a couple of things a month they um you know if you get up to four comics you get 10 percent off okay that's cool i mean that that's nice uh five or more comics on a poll list um you get 20 percent off and that carries over into trades and bags and boards and the whole nine so i'm thinking about i think i can come up with five comics that i would like to get my hands on the day they come out 
and when you do get five or more, they throw in previews. So this also entices me because now I can get my previews the Wednesday it comes out. I'll be able to get through previews quicker. I'll be able to get the previews video for the patrons quicker before the next goddamn catalog comes out. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that this is going to be beneficial to to me, to the patrons, and I'm not th- I'm not trying to save anybody's business. I'm definitely look at it. A lot of it is me being selfless, selfish. So I'm just I'm doing this for me. But I like the idea that I have a comic shop I can go to. In any event, the conversation went off in a different direction where people feel like if you're not supporting a local comic shop that um that um you if 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 you 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 should support a local comic shop because you're supporting the industry and and that isn't necessarily true if if no. you're, if if you're buying comic books period you're supporting the industry if yep. if you and and as Jason broke down the math and this is absolutely true if you have a hundred bucks hard that that's your budget for the month you have a hundred dollars worth of comics you can buy if you go to a local comic shop and you get your whopping ten percent discount that same hundred bucks will get you a forty percent discount at DCBS so now you're buying more comics from DCBS you're supporting more comics you're supporting more creators you're able to read more for that same money how is that not win-win so just because there's a local comic shop doesn't mean that by by all means go to them if you're getting something for it but don't yep. go there just because oh it's a it's not the only place you can get your comics but don't go there just because you, you have some necessity that it's been beaten into you that that you're only saving comics if you shop locally that that makes zero sense i don't get that at all but yeah um and i know you still go to tavern you go to comics on the green Occasionally, yeah, but right, just because right. you know Dave is good, Dave and Matt are, are good people, and I mean I don't get any discount now. I used to, um, and the funny thing about it was when I was getting, um, I forget who my last uh, mail order comic shop was. It could have been Westfield, or okay, yeah, could, yeah. And I I went to Dave and I said, look, I buy, and this is back early early 90s no this is like 1988-89 and i said i'm getting 30 percent off through these people i will spend the same amount that i spend there or more with your store if you give me 30 percent off and dave's like okay he he didn't even think about it he's like yeah sure Uh, i got at the time i was getting almost all the marvels and I was getting at least 60% of what DC was putting out. Plus, um, well, it wasn't Image yet, but almost. And, you know, I was I was buying a lot of books. So he it was in his best interest to, to give me the discount. I mean, he's still making money on me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, once we started this thing and DCBS popped up and I saw what kind of discounts I could get there – he knew about the show and he put two and two together and he's like, you know, no hard feelings. I can't give you those kind of discounts. 
plus free shipping. It's it's insane. Right. So I mean, I can call him and say, "Hey, Dave, I'm a dumbass. I didn't order this book. Do you have any?" And he'll have it for me if he's got you know the copies to spare. So I mean, we're still on a real good back and forth relationship. I get my boxes mm-hmm. from him. Uh, he has uh, large tables of Marvel remaindered books. I buy a shit ton of those when I go down. But I mean, so it, we're still it, it's still family. But make no bones about it. If I have 150 uh, plus dollars a month to spend on comics, and and DCBS is giving me 40, 50 percent off, I have no reservations of taking my business with them. I because there's so many factors spring into my mind. Like I'm not talking about comics on the green. I know he's a great businessman, and it has nothing to do with that. But the the average comic shop, you say, oh, you got to support. You know, local, support your local people. I don't know what kind of a, a businessman or woman this person is. They could be, they could be, you know, there's so many variables. Are they good to the employees? Are they bad to the employees? Do they offer discounts? Do they not? Like, there's so many r- random factors that go into it. Don't make me feel responsible for bolstering this guy's business. Right, right. Yes, exactly. You know, I, and it's a, DCBS is a sure thing. And I, I don't want to make this an extended commercial for our sponsor, even though they deserve it. But I pay my money. Two months later, I get my books, bar, bar none, you know. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't feel bad for local businesses. They chose to open this business. I had didn't have a hand in it. Um, and it's the same thing with with waiters and waitresses. My wife always gives me grief. Because if if the the waitress or the waiter's bad, I don't I don't give them a tip. If they're if they're like openly nasty or just couldn't be sure. bothered or you know aloof to the and forget stuff and stuff like you have a job to do. And the fact that you took a job that pays a low salary because you survive on tips, not my problem. If you if you do the job and you, you know you're at least adequate, I'll give you money. Right, I'm. I'm not like the dick is just like, oh, you're not getting anything. But if you are substandard and don't bring stuff or forget stuff and and are just like look like you'd rather be watching Netflix, why should I? Why should I give you money? Mm-hmm. I, I I don't understand. So the same thing goes for for local businesses. Like, if you can compete, then fine. If it's it's all about money, it's all about saving money. Right, that's what Jason will tell you. Oh yeah, yeah. And of all people, I think I'm I'm more than happy to save a few bucks or see where it's going to go farther. I yeah. just I I'm I'm still. What do you want to say? It's the honeymoon stage. I'm you know again the fact that I can actually not have to wait for a couple of books. And I'm thinking you know maybe I'll do the Wonder Comics. Maybe I'll order um, Young Justice and. Yeah, or, or a couple things here. The terri- like the the new era books. I don't know how many of them you get, but now that um, New Challengers is done, I've counted four that I get. I don't know if you're getting them, but that would be neat because they're only two ninety nine anyway. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. For now. I'm not, you know, and if if I'll obviously look at before I put my order in with with the Rift, I'll see what DCBS is selling, and if like if if most of the stuff I'm looking at. Is either half off, like first issues out there. I'd be stupid not to get them from DCBS. 
But I mean, these are things that, you know, so I'll, but yeah, I'll definitely, I, I want to take advantage of that. And, and like I said, I come home from work, I walk over to a comic shop and then just. That's the thing. I mean, it benefits you. Like who doesn't want a comic book shop around the corner? Right. I, I would shop there too. You know, I'd throw a couple bucks. Why not? And, be, and, right. and, and I know this has no bearing on your decision, but the gaming aspect of it would be. Oh, like, you would do shit. You'd plot. Yeah. yeah. I would, I would, I would just bring my take photos next time. My giant suitcase of cards and just plop it down and say, "Hey, let's play." Oh, and when I, we come to visit, we know we're going. The, the okay, um, but yeah, I mean, and and I know a lot of places uh, when every once in a while the the topic of previews comes up, and and it turns out that there aren't a lot of shops that throw the catalog in. Even if it's seventy five cents or a buck or whatever, even if it's discounted, I don't know of too many places that actually give you the book. Yeah, it's if you have a pull list. Not many. Yeah. Right. From what I've seen. And you know what? If you parlay the fact that you do a comic book show with this place, like who if he's a good businessman, he'd be like, Okay, I'll give you thirty. You mentioned my show my 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 uh business on your show. At least once a month, I'll throw you an extra ten percent. Like that's true. Why wouldn't try that? Yeah. So, and it's not like oh, poo poo on local businesses. No, no, that's not it. I. It's it's not poo poo on local businesses. It's not. It's not. It's all of our parts to save the industry by shopping local. It's nothing to do with that. No. It's because you know you you go to certain restaurants because you like the food and the service. You go, you know, I shop at Amazon. Mostly for convenience, but partly because it's the price issue. If if Best Buy was closer to me than they are, there are times I'd probably and and the price is the same. I'd go to Best Buy just because mm. I could get it. Yeah, and, not, not me. No, I'll never spend a dime in another Best Buy. Yeah, so I, you've I, had you've had really. I've, yeah, I, don't, I I wish. No, I don't wish. I, I I wish you had the experiences I've had at Best Buy. No, our our Best Buy is terrible, terrible. That sucks. They they made me spend far more money than. Uh, long story short, when the Wii first came out, the wireless adapter, the Wii is Wi-Fi ready. Yeah. They didn't tell me that, and I didn't research it. So maybe oh, it's maybe it's my that's... fault. But they sold me the fifty dollar friggin' network adapter for the back of the Wii. And it's already Wi-Fi ready. So I'm like, I had so much problems with this thing that I, I, I actually sent back two units to Nintendo before the, the customer service guy had me on. And he's like, okay, what's going on at the back of your Wii? And I said, okay, let me take out this network adapter. And he's like, what? Why do you have that in? I said, well, the guy at, at um, Best Buy told me I needed this. And That would make me live it. Yeah, yeah so, no, I'd be done. Yeah. I'd absolutely be done. And, it, and other things, too. They, their employees, they, they, they're aloof. They don't wait on you. I, I would much rather go. There, there's a lot better places to go around here than Best Buy for electronics. Good. Yeah. I just hate them. I would, too. Yep. Yep, yep. But anyway. All right. Do uh, you got more comics or you want to do another another question? I have no more comics. All right. Tyler Verissimo asks what are our underrated series of 2018 Oof. i got one we just talked about it i don't understand why more people aren't talking about the terrifics that is extremely underrated it's, yeah. it's silly how good this book is uh the marvel's not doing the fantastic four right why not dc 
Sure. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I know we've been grooving on Black Panther. Um, yeah. I don't know how many other people have. And not that the Black Panther is something that needs to be underrated, but yeah, I don't, I, I haven't heard so many people enjoy, uh, talk about the, um, Black Panther in space riff. Um, I don't know. I, I it's weird. I just because I mean we talk about the ones we really enjoy. Um, Infinity I usually, Eight is a stupid sleeper hit. Like, why is aren't people like screaming from the rooftops about how good Infinity Eight and like many of that imprint of Lion Forge the books are? They're just super, like Jason was talking about. But I do think people are acknowledging them. So I don't. Yes, I mean. They're sleepers, and they're not on everybody's best of list. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Underrated is a weird term for me sometimes. Because it's not because you get the. It's like when people argue, you know, favorite and best. It's like, well, it doesn't mean it's the best. It just means it's your favorite. It's underrated could just mean no one's. It's like when someone mentions, oh, he's he's an under. Jim Ballant's an underrated artist. No, it's just he's not underrated. It's just that you don't hear about him too much. You don't read anything he does. You're not reading tarot. So he's not underrated. He's just not mentioned often. And 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 it, 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 I don't see them as being equivalent. So um Savage Dragon. <laughs> no, the, you, the the fact that that Eric sells less than ten thousand copies, that's stupid. That's baffling, that's is what that is. Stupid. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's I, I it does not compute. No, it does not. That's crazy. I feel yeah. bad now. My favorite underrated book of all time is Gold Digger. I can talk about that for hours. You put you both in comas, and still no, <laughs> nobody would nobody would read the book. I just don't get it. It's true. I, I don't understand it. I think the book is phenomenal. Fred Perry is like one of the best character designers sequential artists um illustrators ever and and just people don't they don't talk about gold digger because they don't read it i don't know i'm gonna kill my family no i don't do that yeah i'm gonna kill them (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh one more before we uh oh i'll Uh, do i'll do this one because this is easy (laughs) mike del vecchio Favorite country that produces comics outside of the U.S.? Ah, oh, let me see. Let me think about this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Japan, of course. Yeah, thank. Oh, no, we were looking at um, Caleb's question. We were? Pretend you are visited by three ghosts. Uh, pretend you're Scrooge and you're being visited by the three ghosts. Who's coming to visit you? Uh-huh. Who's coming to visit me? Three ghosts of comics past that are coming to visit me. Hmm. Wow. That's a freaking weird, deep question. Well, I look at it as, you know, the three people you would uh, have a meal with. There's a ship above your house right now. You're going to get abducted. I hear the, I hear the word, the, the music. Do you hear it? <laughs> I do not. It's I can hear it. It sounds like there's a ship hovering above your house. Um, so the three comics uh, ghosts that would come to visit me, I, I would hope 
that Jack would come visit me, although I don't know why he would. But um, th- because because the ghosts are supposed to teach you something, right? That's the whole point of the ghosts See, I'm not coming. To, yeah, I don't. I, <sighs> they're 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 there to impart a lesson. You're not seeing the obvious in your life, so yo, stupid, open your eyes. Well, Jack would just say to fucking make art and shut up and just yeah, like, screw perspective. He'd be like, and, listen to fucking Jason. Yeah, and just do shit. Yep. So I guess Jack, and these don't have to be dead people, right? I'm gonna say no, okay, because it's our question. All right, so past would be Jack. Um, present. Ghost of Comics present would probably be Eric Larson. Okay. For showing, um, and he would be like, just to, it's weird. It's how do you put it into words? The lesson that Eric Larson imparts on me. Just he's another one of he's in the Kirby mode. Just do it. Just make comics. You, if you want to make comics about um, straight up superhero battles do it but if you change your mind and you want it to become a sex comedy just do it and then maybe that sex comedy turns into something with very dire consequences to do it right that's it that's larson in a nutshell he's he's just just do it in the future i don't know i don't know who the the, the comics um creator of the future would be oh josh bayer would come to me and he he because he would be regarded as one of the greatest comic creators of all time in the future, and he'd come back to to the present to say, "Hey, thanks, but oh, huh? <laughs> thanks for thanks for pimping me <laughs> so hard. Thanks for finding a way to mention me in every episode. Seriously, <sighs> why don't we just call it eleven o'clock comics parenthesis Josh Bayer and parenthesis." <laughs> <laughs> did you guys change your name yeah, yeah we're, we're 11 o'clock comics now. Josh Bayer now <laughs> oh, good lord so who's, who would your ghost be well I know one the ghost of past for you would be Gil Kane without a doubt yeah he'd come, he'd come and give you a big hug and say thank you we'd be cheering some matzo ball soup yes um Joe Casada. Wow. Where's my bucket of chicken? That's well, <laughs> hey, man. I think we could find a couple different places we could probably grab a bite at. Yeah. Um, you love Casada. Wow, that's baffling. I, I I like Joe. I think he's good. Wow. I just, I don't, I, I just, I never really stopped to realize how much you enjoy his stuff. I really do. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not thrilled with Asbats. Come on now, but you know. Oh, that first one is great. The first no, the mini of Asbats. I'm saying. I mean, I could do without that. Design. Oh, Azrael. Azrael is great. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. You mean yeah. as when when when, he, when Jean- Azrael became yeah. Batman? Yeah. Gotcha. Jean- yeah. No. Gotcha. That, that, that's a hideous outfit. Um, and I love the look of the Ray with the with the little short. Jacket and, and the fin, no. Um, but yeah, and dude, Ninjack. I mean, there's. But here, here's a dude who was who was drawing and and then was given a ship to captain and and did a pretty damn fine job with it. So um, I wonder. Hmm. 
Alan Moore. Wow. Freaky. Why? Because I would just, I don't, because I would just like to be in the presence of, I'd like to see firsthand. I, you know, we, we read, we read or we see his interviews and, and, um, we get a lot of people telling us what he meant to say is, or, or they're trying to interpret his words. I would, I, I, I want it from the horse's mouth. I just want to be able to sit there and just, but, but like be within close proximity, not, not watch him through a screen. Mm-hmm. talking about things just just kind of just just be and even though he's a ghost it's still um still his mannerisms it's still it's just um, his, his astral just form getting it getting it undiluted right right but it's so this is just it's this is pure alan and um i don't want anything between me and him and this way um uh, it would just be an incredibly Surreal, and every anybody else I mention, I have a very, I I have an opportunity to communicate with, or see, like, right. I mean, I've like Matt Wagner, we, like, you know, right, like I can talk to Matt Wagner, like we've we've had dinner with Scotty Young and or Paul Pope. I mean, there are other people who we've already, you know, so it's not it, but but. And of all the people who there's absolutely no way in hell I would ever be three feet within, I'm going to say Alan Moore. Hmm. Just to hedge off some questions at the past is like, how come you didn't mention Corbin or, or, <laughs> or Gary Panter? That that's because the gods don't meddle in the affairs of that's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I said, wait a minute. You picked Kirby. I know, but he did. And, he, and he did. at least, I mean, you can, there's a chance you could still bump into Panther on the street. Can't say about that. And he'd probably ignore me like he does on Facebook. Sure. Still hasn't friended me. The frig. It hurts, Something. Gary. It hurts. Rude. I know. Some people have no consideration. What is a memorable Christmas gift you received as a kid from Kevin Quas? I have two. What one, one of my all-time favorite toys was the motorized Monster Maker. Have you ever seen this thing? I don't think I have. Um, it was a thing maker of sorts where you got the cast iron or the the, st- the metal molds and you put the goop in it. You squirted the goop in, in the holes in the thing and you heated them. It came with a heater. Uh, it also came with motorized armatures that you would snap torsos on. You made the facial features out of goop, the arms... And the legs, the shoes were plastic, the torso was plastic, you, and there was pieces of hair. There was a caveman, an alien, a werewolf, a, um, a creature, oh no, a mummy, and, and you would put the body parts on the, the armature, and you'd wind it up with a key, and they would walk. I have one, still. Mm. I still have it. Um, it's not my original one. That one was thrown away long, long ago. But I have a, uh, I have a box 
I have all of I have the the heater. I have all the molds still. So like my most memorable Christmas present ever, I still have it, not just the original one. And um, two is the Planet of the Apes treehouse. Wow. Yep, with the table that flipped over so you can hide the guns. You can hide the guns underneath the table, and it would flip over in the event that the, the gorillas were coming and the humans could take their the guns and start fighting. Yeah, it was awesome. Yep. Damn. What were yours? Oh, man. Um, let's see. A memorable Hanukkah gift I received was the I remember one of my aunts sent me we were living in Arizona at the time so she had numbered the gifts one through eight and on the day that I opened this one it completely blew me away and it was the Spider-Man web shooter oh the dart the suction cut oh my god I love that thing yes I loved it did you have two or did you just have one one me too I always wanted to. Can't believe they didn't fucking make a set out of it, man. Right? It that. just makes sense. Like, why would I you know. just make one? <laughs> it's so silly. <sighs> and the, the, I, you know what? Those darts, the spring that was in that that web oh, shooter, it was good though. It was because it I was. could fling it across the room and it would stick on the refrigerator. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yes, I loved it. Oh. Those web shooters are the best. Yeah. The only thing they didn't take advantage of was the armband that went around. They should have made loops for you to put extra darts in them. Yes. Then you could just take the dart, boom, stick it in the web shoe. You could not rapid fire, but at least you could not have to run to the across the room to get your <laughs> and stick dark. it back in. Oh, wait a minute, Doc Ock, I got to reload here. Stop. Uh, yeah, it's are good things. And I mean, it is, as 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 cheesy as it looked, it it was it. I think it was still slightly better than whatever they they had Nicholas Hammond wear outside the outfit yeah. on the CBS movie. Yeah. <laughs> Spider Man's <sighs> Spidey's throwing ropes around. <laughs> it's like nice belt, Spidey. Yeah. Oof. Lord, Are you cowboy now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, we got right. I, I hate to to not answer some of these questions. Um Trevor Plop, if you had never discovered comics, what other hobby would likely be your primary focus? Again, this is very easy. Um the uh horror exploitation um genre of films. Uh I just love bad movies. So I would probably be doing a a bad movie zine or or podcast or something along the lines of of terribly bad films. Hmm. They're my favorite. R.I.P. Mike Franey. Yep. Oh. Uh, what would you do? I don't know. I'd probably have something to do with sports because my father pushed my brother into sports because my father's grades never warranted him to participate. So my dad lived vicariously through my brother. Um, it probably would have also infected me. Otherwise, um, 
if not that, I would probably still be devouring prose books. I'd still be reading. There would still be something going yeah. on. Oh, well, yeah, that would sure. be um, like the shadow, right? Doc exactly. The good stuff. Um, or writing, you know, Star Trek fan fiction, shit like that. I just I don't <laughs> Kirk, Kirk turned to Spock, lovingly <laughs> placing his hand on Spock's thigh. <laughs> Spock Sounds leaned- like you've written some. <laughs> That's good. Spock leaned back as if to examine the ceiling. Ah, uh, boy. Hey, everybody. I so I, I was so obsessed with Trek <laughs> that I even bought the shitty fucking the um the uh, the parody books like Sex Trek for that. But oh like that, yeah, that reverse gender. The so so all the everybody on the ship on the bridge were all women, and of course you know, and that's when you have Kirk and Spock getting it on. It's just like yeah. I. <laughs> I, those those comics in the nineties, man, they were some weird shit. It happens. Wow. Yeah. I was a pretty big Trek fan, the original series. Well sure. Yeah, I had all the models. I had the phaser. Um I had the bridge. The model of the bridge was amazing. Um what I had the logs and the the uh the expanded universe type books. Yep. I I was a pretty big Star Trek fan. It's just it, it got kind of dampened with next generation i just didn't dig it i watched it i just didn't think it was like the second coming like it. people were going crazy well, over next generation they, they were getting trek again so yeah. it's it's just like doesn't it's like people going crazy over dark Knight strikes again but you have the <laughs> um i had i had clothes there was a department store near our house in tarrytown and they had um like the they were short sleeves, so they were weird, but they had the gold and and blue and the red shirts with the the insignia and and my mom bought me a couple and was I mean, it red I, were they um it's weird no 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 i had a um I had a gold one for some stupid reason, but the uh as it 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 bums me out because of all of all the original series Trek characters I find I relate to, it's Scotty, and naturally, because he's in operations, it he's a red shirt. So it's hard to it's hard to, you know, cosplay Scotty because they see you in the red shirt and it's gonna think, you know, you're fucking cannon fodder. So it's not the case at all. You know what? I'm looking at this Skype thing and I didn't reply to John O'Neill. And I'm going to. My bad. Because we've been so busy that I haven't really checked the the uh, a lot of the sub pages, you know, on the... On oh, the, on the Slack? Okay. Yeah. On the, uh, did I say Skype? Yeah, Slack. Yeah. So, John, I'm going to reply to you and we're going to do a, a Skype thing, hopefully, me and you. So there you go. Uh, hey, everybody. Woohoo! This is a short but sweet holiday episode we wanted to touch base with you before christmas and wish you well right um we hope everyone has a happy healthy and safe christmas day and eve just go out and have a good time and be with your family and your loved ones uh remember if you want to get your books cheap get them fast and delivered straight to your door where do you go well you could either walk to your local comic shop like david lucky bastard or you can go to Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get uh, exciting comics from Antarctic. This is number one for a dollar nine. 
Nobody is in control, number one, from Black Mask for $1.99. And The Weatherman, trade paperback, volume one, Jody LeHoop and Nathan Fox coming out of Image would cost you $8.99, you freaks. Um, in your travels, I'm not going to go super long on this because, uh, one, I haven't finished the entire uh, volume, and two, I do not want to cut uh, this sh- short because the art is so scrumptious that I want ample time on which to gush. It is written by Richiro Inagaki. The art is by Boichi. I am halfway through the second volume of Dr. Stone. And, oh boy, the art in this thing is a revelation. This Boichi guy, he has a command of the, of human anatomy that is just amazing. And um, a little bit of Michael Golden here and there. Uh, now that I look at it, it looks like maybe a tad of Dale Eaglesham. Just a, a tiny tad. Uh, there's a there's a super. Um, he just owns the female form. And I talked about volume one before, so maybe next time after we do the book of the month, I'll I'll get to gush about Doctor Stone, volume two from Viz. Uh, go get it. If you haven't read volume one, seriously, go get it. Everybody in the world is turned to stone. What? Yep, turned to stone. And you have a uh, couple of survivors, Senku, who's the big brain, and his uh, buddy uh, Taiju. They, uh, Senku figures out a way to crack the uh, magic shell that everybody's been dipped in. Um, and Taiju's just around to, uh, to help him out. But Taiju has a love named Yuzuria, who has been encased in stone and they find a way to get her out but not before letting out their uh buddy uh sukasa because he's beefy and he can help them out in this world because there's predators right but sukasa has some um some very novel approaches to determining uh who lives and who dies he goes around killing well shattering people because he wants mankind to be reborn pure as if uh he was the one who should uh, determine such things but it's a great it's a great little story and this is volume 2 of that so go get it dr stone volume 2 speaking of volumes when i was at this comic shop one of the first things i saw on the shelf when i walked in was i don't know if he's got the complete set of what's been published so far but there were a bunch of copies of i am a hero what Yep. This is a good shop, dude. Ser- uh-huh. Seriously. How many? Well, there's been, I think, eight. He might have had all eight. I think oh, I saw at least six. That's great. This this is a keeper. Dave doesn't have them. Comics on the Green doesn't have them. <laughs> wow. No. I am a hero. Well, you've he's got, he's got a lot of non big two stuff. Awesome. And you nice can play magic. Yes. Uh, in your travels, make sure you get uh, Selena's big score. Mm-hmm. Um, I, because I hadn't found my hardcover before then, um, since I'm now a uh, proud member of my local library, I used Hoopla to borrow 
uh, Batman Ego, so I could read it digitally. Um, nice. But yeah, so get that. Uh, make sure everybody has a happy and healthy and safe Christmas if you're going to travel. Um, travel safely. If yeah. um, and and we will be back later this week. Um, Shithead. All of us. What are you doing? What do you think? Uh Turn that shit off. Why? Because I'm recording. I thought you were done. Does it look like I'm done? I thought you were like like after. No, turn it off. Why? Oh, I I hate this Fortnite thing. I hate this Fortnite game. (laughs) All right, sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. That's pretty much it. All right. What David said. Yeah. We love you. We'll be back soon. And uh, keep your ears peeled because... Uh, Jump and Jason will be back next time and we'll be all huddled together talking about the book of the month Selena's Big Score it's a masterpiece yes say bye bye bye